The following podcast is a Jill Divine Media production. Christianity has become known for judgy people, strange words, ancient stories, confusing rules, and a members-only mindset. This is why I stayed away from the church for so long, but it's not supposed to be that way. I'm Jill Devine, a former radio personality with three tattoos, a love for a good tequila, and who's never read the entire Bible. Yet, here I am hosting a podcast about faith. The Normal Goes a Long Way podcast is your home for real conversations with real people using real language about how faith and real life intersect. Welcome to the conversation. Lately, I've been saying off mic to my friends and to other people, you have to start to start. And it's not a a genius thing to say, but it is very, very smart. In order to start something, you have to start it. And it can be very scary and it can be very lonely too at times, but just start. And that's the whole point of this episode. I'm Jill Devine. I am your host of this podcast, Normal Goes a Long Way. This is my faith journey. I'm hoping that this will help someone else realize that faith is actually on your side. And so let me set up exactly what this podcast is going to at least start like and look like in the future. I am just the host. I am here to listen in on some conversations and then take note and then ask some questions. But I am not equipped to do the interviewing. So the two people joining me today are going to be doing the interviewing throughout this podcast. I'd like to introduce Laura Fleetwood and Ryan Fendler to the podcast. Thank you for coming on. Yay. This day is here. (laughs) Thanks for having us. Good to be here. So I will introduce Laura first. Laura is my spiritual mentor. She is someone that by what I'm learning, God's working has become a part of my life to help me figure out some of these questions that I have or some of these doubts that I have and is really helping make me a disciple, right? Wouldn't that be the best way to say it? Yes. I mean, Jesus said to follow him and to make disciples. And so part of our faith journey, I think, is sharing our faith with others. And he works through those relationships. So I fully believe, yes, that he put us together for a reason And it's been exciting to watch that spark of faith grow in you. And because I'm not young and hip, I mean, I'm not that old, but Ryan is definitely younger than me. You are my male millennial mentor so that I can be hip with the Jesus talk with the kids. Sure. (laughs) I've got about three years left of the young hip card, so I'm going to milk it as much as I can. All right, so Laura and Ryan, these will be your interviewers. When we have guests on, one of these two will be doing the interviewing and asking the questions that I wouldn't know what to ask. But why are you two the interviewers? Why are you two equipped to do that? So that's what we're going to talk about now. I want to get a little bit of a background on where you are in life right now, what you do for your job. And then we're going to go back to childhood and kind of talk about that, what has led to you where you are now. So Laura, let's start with you. What are you doing currently professionally that makes you equipped to be one of my interviewers? Well, I, (laughs) I said that I was never going to work for a church because 
a lot of my family members have been pastors and teachers and things like that. So I said that when I was first starting out, and where am I now? Working at a church. It's been interesting to see how God has led me to this point. Right now, I am the director of brand and creative at Messiah St. Charles, which basically means I lead a team of communicators, designers, videographers to do all of the communication things at our church. And I also have my own ministry, Seeking the Still, where I mentor women and girls through crises of um, faith and dealing with stress and anxiety in their life. So I've got a lot of experience myself dealing with those things and have seen how God has just kind of me into a position now where I can have more of a voice and more of a mentoring role to others in their faith journey and in their mental health journey. So I don't know if that qualifies me, but that is where I am. I will say that even though the three of us know each other, this is not about the church that we know each other from or work from. This is just how we can have that connection and have that one-on-one talk. So that I wanted to say that before I introduced Ryan to talk about his professional life because we do. All three of us work together. So Ryan, talk about what you do professionally. Yeah, so I'm the student minister at Messiah. And it's funny you said that, Laura. You never saw yourself working for a church. I, a year before I worked at Messiah, said, I'm never living in the Midwest. I'm never doing youth ministry. <laughs> And something else, all the things I said I never do, I'm now doing. So it's just funny how you stumble into those things that you didn't expect that you would. And yet you feel, oh, this is like I'm in my zone here doing it. And I would never have thought that until I got here. So student ministry involves sixth through 12th grade at our church. So once you hit your teens, I am the minister for you, basically. I you spent know, a lot all of time the lingo. with teenagers. Yes. And you know what? When I first started, I was 23 here and I felt I could lean on, like, I get the stuff that they're into. Like, they're not that far away from me, right? Our seniors were like five years younger than me at the time. So I'm like, great. I can still be cool, still be into it and get it. I left that zone about a year or two ago and I'm trying to mentally deal with that. Uh, go on. Perfect example, go on your Instagram feed and see how many Bass Pro Shop hats there are. I don't understand why it's a cool thing. I don't get the trend. It's some TikTok thing. And I'm just like, okay, I got to get one now because I'm trying to be in with the kids. And there was a day that I didn't have to Google what things meant to try to be cool with them. Now now I have to. So uh, it's an interesting cross-section of I get to be kind of the young person on staff and yet not really be young anymore. Mm -hmm. And then working with these young people, when I first started, I'm like, I'm never going to be the guy that is like, I don't get what they're into. And I'm like, okay, please, someone tell me what this is all about. (laughs) Do they see that or or do they feel that or do they, is that just more in your head? Probably my head. I, I can put on a good show. Let's start with you, Ryan, as far as your background. Did you grow up in a church? Did you have faith conversations from the minute you can remember as a child? Walk me through that. Uh, I grew up in the church. grew up in the Lutheran church. I was so Lutheran, I put a Bible in a guy's locker once because I thought that was a good thing to do. Uh, It didn't work. 
by the way. Okay. Um, but I was really, really a, a churchy kid. Like you loved it. Like I loved it. And no, I, I used to say, honestly, part of the reason I didn't want to go into youth ministry is because growing up, I'm like, oh, youth ministry, like that's too shallow. I need the deep stuff. So you weren't the average kid. No, I was a nerd. Yeah. So I grew up in the church. I got confirmed in the Lutheran church. It's funny though, 16 years old, I had three things I wanted to do with my life. I thought I was going to become a historian, a politician, or join the military. None of those things are what I want to do now. No shit on them. I love history still. Politics are interesting. Love the military. But those are not things that I'd want to do anymore. And then at 16, I went to Europe, went on this trip. For some reason, felt led to like, if you've ever been to Europe, lots of beautiful churches, lots of beautiful places. I'm like, I'm going to just pray in all these churches and see what happens. So like every time we walk by these old 500,000-year-old cathedrals, I'd just be like, let's go pray in them. The last one we went to, St. Peter's in Rome, St. Peter's Basilica, the Vatican, fell on my knees and was like, okay, Lord, you want to use me in ministry, and I'm going to give my life to you for this. I could point you to the pillar. If you look at a picture of it, I could point to the pillar where I fell on my knees. It was really weird. I, like, wept for 10, 15 minutes. My teacher had to come, like, grab my shoulder and be like, hey, man, it's time to go. We got dinner. Wow. You know, and... It was very weird because that's not, I was not a, an emotionally, when it came to faith, I, I didn't really have a very emotional faith. And yet in that moment, it was such an emotionally powerful moment. It really was the Holy Spirit calling me into this line of work. Let me interrupt. Was the trip a faith-based trip? No. Okay. Second question. Was the going by the churches, I'm going to pray, like, you know, how some people will just go to a church and pray just because they're there. Like, was it something that you would normally practice in your everyday life or was it just like, Oh, it's a church. I should pray. No. And well, you know, I'm remembering, it's interesting. You say that there, there was a a grad party. I went to that summer where this adult leader at our church, who was just like a volunteer told me like, you should think about a job in ministry because you have this presence about you. Those were his words. And I was like, whatever, dude. Like, I, I pass it off. It did not crack the top three at that point. In fact, I probably thought, I remember later reflecting on what he said and being like, oh, I'm I'm not good enough to be in ministry. I'm too sinful, not this great person, so it's not for me. But my prayer life at the time, I would not normally just go to my church and just pray willy-nilly i would not just go to my church and pray like that you know it was it was a different different kind of thing the school you went or the high school you went to was that a private christian school public okay so then after high school you go to rome you have this experience so then what's next so i go to a christian college called concordia university texas and i'm there to study christian education how do you know about this place? It's Lutheran. Okay. And there was, honestly, it probably was on a map in our youth room growing up. There was this map of where all the schools were. And I'm like, cool, there's one in Texas. I know I want to go into ministry. I have family in Texas. Let's check it out. That was the whole thought behind it. I have family an hour and a half away. There's one there. Let's, let's see it. 
Because they're all over, correct? Yeah, mostly in the Midwest. Okay. Me being from the East Coast, there was one in New York, eight hours away. It was irrelevant that it was, you know, so far away, it didn't make a difference. And so I looked at the Texas one, toured the campus, loved it, and ended up there. Didn't, I don't think I toured any other schools. And was that a place that increased your faith? Yes. I, you know, when I walked into those doors, I probably would never have wanted to work at a church like Messiah. I would have said, if you don't tuck your shirt into your khaki pants on a Sunday morning, you're not doing church right. Wow. <laughs> so. Okay. Going to come back to yeah. you. Laura, same questions. Did you grow up in the church? Is it something you knew from an early on age? Yes, I did grow up in the church. Again, Lutheran my whole life. My grandfather was a Lutheran pastor. My uncle was a Lutheran pastor. My parents ended up being Lutheran school teachers. And I don't ever remember a time when I did not know God and did not know Jesus and did not have faith as part of the backdrop of our life. Um, we prayed before meals. We prayed at dinner time, went to church every Sunday, Sunday school, the whole thing. And yet, I think, you know, I always knew that Jesus was my Lord for my eternity. Like I knew I'd be going to heaven, but I didn't know him as the Lord of my everyday life until much, much later in adulthood. So you went to a Christian school growing up? I actually didn't go. No? no, because we moved a lot. Okay. And so I went to um, almost all public schools except for half of my eighth grade year. We moved to a place where my parents ended up staying. So all my sisters, I'm one of four girls. My sisters went through Lutheran grade school, but I didn't because we didn't have that when we lived in other places. And then what about high school? High school, I was at a public high school, went to a, a public university, Eastern Illinois University, studied finance and French, had no thought at all of going into ministry as a career. Not once did it even like cross my mind as a possibility. So then what led you? Obviously, we see Ryan, he's like on track, like he once he got to college, he knew that that's what he wanted to do, and then that led to where he is now. But with you, totally different. Totally different, and that's how I know that it was God's plan because I never consciously pursued that path. So I went into corporate America. I worked um, for two Fortune 500 companies for a decade. I traveled the world. I was climbing the ladder. Like I was the quintessential female doing the corporate thing, getting the promotions, you know, doing that, that whole lifestyle. And that's what I wanted. I mean, I really enjoyed that. And I learned a lot about leadership and um, how to get things done, made a lot of great connections. But something changed when my daughters were born and I no longer wanted that lifestyle of the high pressure and stress and also the travel because I traveled a lot for work. So my pastor at the time, who was at Messiah, because we were attending Messiah as, as members, tapped me on the shoulder one Sunday and said, hey, you do market research. Would you facilitate some focus groups for us? And of course, I was delighted. You know, of course, I'll do that. 
Well, that kind of whet my appetite for the possibility of using what I had learned in the corporate world for the benefit of the church. Like that had never even occurred to me that that kind of role might be needed in the church because I always thought of church work as just like pastors and school teachers. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but Messiah pants guys, (laughs) Messiah was growing and it was a large enough church where they needed a lot of that structure and communication help that I had been doing in the corporate world to grow the church. And so that was fascinating to me. So you got to remember at the same time, I'm having kids and wanting a more flexible work life balance. So I ended up working part-time for Messiah which then transitioned into a time when I just stayed home with my kids, um, which was rough because I was making more money in the corporate world than my husband. I left. We had to sell a car. Like, we literally were making barely making ends meet. I wouldn't trade that for the world because I was home with my girls for two years. But after that, came back to Messiah and and started working full-time in communications. So it was not, for me, it wasn't a path that I chose. It was more like one just appeared. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Yes. And it just felt natural and it just felt right. Almost like it wasn't a choice. Like it was like God saying, okay, here's, here's what's next. Your girls, they went to private Christian school all throughout grade school. Correct. Which, what led you to that decision since you didn't do that yourself? So that was, that was a challenge. That was a hard decision to make because we have amazing public schools out here. And I also thought about homeschooling them, which now I think back and I just kind of shake my head at myself. What was (laughs) I thinking? I knew that regardless of what education route we chose, that the most important thing to me was that Justin and I as parents were very involved in in their education and that they would be taught the emotional intelligence and the um, leadership skills beyond academics that would set them up for success in the world. Because, you know, academics to me, they're going to learn academics, right? But it's that, that foundational layer of Um, which has a lot to do with faith for our family, of knowing who you are, that you're a created child of God, of knowing who God created you to be, and having your school and your teachers celebrate that and call out your uniqueness, because that is why God created you, for some unique purpose. And I saw Messiah as being the best way for them on a daily basis to get the education they needed, but also to have the more foundational truths taught to them and modeled for them so that they would be prepared for whatever life throws at them. This is not an episode about what's better, private or public. No, because my girls are in public high school now. For me, this is why I'm asking these questions is I grew up in a public school. I think that there were some things that were said when I was in high school about private schools that made me not against them, but I'm like, why? Why would people pay to send their kids to a private school when I hear all these things that are happening? And then as I became older, 
and not even a parent, just older and hearing some other things about now parents sending kids there. This, I guess I have had definitely some judgment. And then now my girls are in early childhood at Messiah at a Christian private school. And there are still things that I wrestle with, but faith is very important to our family, which is why we are considering having them continue through eighth grade there. But I guess what intrigues me, and this is going to go back to the college thing with you, Ryan, going to Concordia, like I wrote down Concordia versus traditional college. Do you still party? Question mark. Because I think that that is part of this faith journey that I'm on with this podcast is that we're normal people. And so is there this expectation or were things set up differently? In other words, did you have a normal college experience, Ryan, <laughs> yeah. at a Christian college? Yeah. So, yeah, it's funny. The, the, the guy was in high school. I would have not liked the guy who became in college. Did we party? Yes. Was it fun? Yes. And I remember there was a point. So you mentioned there was this trajectory of my life where I seemed very direct and I'm going to pursue ministry. And that's the whole, whole goal of my life, the whole goal of my future. Then I get to college, right? The, this dweeb. It's nerd. I haven't heard that Ooh. word in a long time. Well, uh, if, if is it that means, millennial? I don't know really the definition of it, but if it is defined as anything, that's the kind of guy I was in high school. I get out of high school, I get to college, and I start experimenting with the fun and freedom of young adulthood. And I realize, hey, you know those things that I used to get mad at my classmates for in high school? They're actually pretty fun. These house parties, pretty fun. Drinking, pretty fun. And I started seeing myself as someone who wanted to become more like that. I wanted to go down this path of let's party a little more. Let's get a little rowdy. I looked at some of the Christian classmates of mine at my school, and I'm like, all they want to do is drink milk and watch Disney movies on the weekend. I want to do something else. I want to go down to UT, break into a fraternity party, and have a great time. And so that course created a tension in my heart of, is this thing in ministry, this future ministry, is this really still what I want to do? Because part of that story of what happened in Rome, that that spiritual calling, I remember feeling very alone, very lonely at that point in my life. I remember thinking, I don't know who around me loves me. I, I knew my family did. But I remember thinking, I don't know who really loves me, but I know God loves me for, for who I am. Well, then I get to college and I start making a bunch of friends and I start dating girls and I start having a good time. And I'm like, hey, that kid, that lonely kid who felt called into ministry, that's not who I am anymore. And I can go out and make friends in all these different places. I, I called my mom my sophomore year and I said, I think I'm going to transfer. I'm going to move back home to North Carolina, transfer to a state school, study business, join a frat, do that whole thing. Because that seemed fun and exciting and awesome. And I'm like, I can now be that guy. So that was a, a time of definite wrestling. It probably was a year and a half, two years of me being like the fact that I'm not this kid I was at 16 who felt called into ministry because I'm not that kid anymore. Does that mean this is still where I'm supposed to go? And so I wanted that traditional college experience. I wanted the tailgating before a football game. I wanted all that stuff. I felt worried that maybe I'd be hindered by what I wanted to do with my future. 
I remember I went to college at UT and lied and said I was a business major, <laughs> you know, just to, so I could be get away with more, right? If I if I said I was studying ministry, they'd be like, well, what are you doing here, dude? Well, I, so I just tried to have my foot in both worlds. So wait a minute. Did you stay at Concordia or did? Yes, I did. So I've been living this kind of double life, fell at the top of my game, had a girlfriend, felt like I was kind of popular, really enjoying that life. Well, then I go to another church service at this church in the city. In fact, the morning after this house party I'd thrown, someone invites me to go to church with them. And I remember sitting in that service, it was a church called the Austin Stone, and something about the sermon, I don't know if it was something the pastor said or if it was just words from God himself. He's like, hey, dude, like, you're living two lives. Either pick me or move on because you've been living with one foot in each of these worlds for a very long time, and it's time for you to pick. And I felt very convicted. I'm like, okay, it's time to make a decision, right? You've been talking this game about wanting to go to the public school, wanting to go study business, go join a frat. You've been talking about that for forever but never actually making any moves on it. What do you want to do with your life? Do you want to leave this life of ministry and the accountability that faith brings with it, do you want to leave that behind you or not? And I left that church service saying, okay, it's I don't want to abandon my faith. I don't want to leave God. I want the life that I can see that has God in it. And so made some changes to my life. I found a group of guys where I said, hey, I have these struggles and these desires and these sinful things I want to do. And I found other guys and I said, hey, like, I said, hey, you sin and you still believe in God. Can we get together every week and talk about that? And so we did. That became kind of my core group of, of really close friends, guys I could confide in and say, hey, I have these selfish, sinful things that I want to do. And yet I love Jesus. And we just walk through life together. What's interesting to me, it's not like you went from a and that this is preconceived idea or judgment, I guess you're sheltered in a private school. That's kind of what people automatically think that you're sheltered in a private school and then you get to college and go crazy. You did the opposite. Like mm -hmm. you were in a public school and you went to a Christian college mm -hmm. and something that you were talking about. We do have this idea of what a traditional college experience is and I was asking those questions for my own curiosity. I didn't have a traditional college experience as far as I started at a community college and then I went to a local university. I've never lived on campus. I, I mean, I would go and visit friends and we do all those things, but I did not have that everyday life. And so I guess that's one of the things I just want to know what it's like. You hear how it is, you you know, you you see all these things. So it made me think not there isn't a traditional or expected college there's space to sin anywhere you go. Right. And like you were saying the same thing that you were went into Concordia and then you start you were like I want the traditional college experience, but what is that? We have ideas and assumptions. Yeah, I saw my brother. He was at North Carolina State. I saw some of the things he was doing, and I'm like, I want to do a little more of that. Yeah, you can find that space. 
wherever. Wherever. And uh, so that's a, that is a misconception that people have about Christian colleges. To me, my conception of private school growing up was that's where the privileged kids got to go to get good drugs. So yeah. I, I didn't have a, I knew nothing. You know, this whole private school world, I really didn't know much about it. Then I go to a private college and yeah, it, there's, there's space to live however you want to in that kind of environment. Well, my assumption on my friends that went to private high school, I didn't really know anybody in K through eighth, but if you went to a private private high school, it was like, why are your parents paying that money? Because you're still doing the bad things that we're doing. Mm -hmm. You're doing the exact same things that we're doing and you should get your money back. Laura, did you notice a difference with your family dynamics with your sisters going to a private Christian school versus you not. Uh, and I, and I'm thinking more along the lines of their attitudes or their beliefs or anything like that. No, I, I think for us, it was all family, you know, like we were raised in the same family with those foundational um, beliefs and practices and that that's what made the biggest difference. So when you were in high school and you were in college, how much were you turning to God and relying on your faith? Or did you feel like there was a little bit of a a dip? I'd say there was a dip in terms of like the formal practices of Christianity. So, for example, in high school, I didn't go to church because I wanted to. Right. I did because it was expected of me. In college, I didn't really go to church at all unless I was home, um, but not when I was on campus. And as far as like my personal practices, like prayer, I've always prayed. That has always been with me. Um, but as far as like reading the Bible or anything like that, I definitely did not do that in high school and college. And I, you know, I drank I drank in high school. I was in a sorority in college. I think that's that's like a, a whole misconception too that you can't be a Christian if you are engaging in that kind of thing. Um, because certainly, like my faith was was strong regardless. So that'll be an interesting topic for us to explore later on in the podcast. Is some of that that misconception about oh you have to be a good girl? You know, my maiden name was Harm. Laura Harm. So I had on the back of my high school t-shirt, it said, harmful, question mark, harmless, question mark. What do you think? And it was like these two, you know, two personas, the the angel kid who was always teacher's pet and went to church on Sundays, hung over half the time in high school, <laughs> you know, singing in the choir loft because uh, I had been out partying the night before. This is exactly what someone like me needs and somebody that's listening because there are these assumptions that when you grow up, that's why I was asking so many questions about growing up because when you grow up with the faith and being in the church, you still were doing the things that I was doing and I didn't grow up in the church. I don't know if that's good or bad, but it makes me feel better about this journey to know that I didn't miss out on something. I mean, 
it's never too late to form a relationship with God ever. And you've never done too many wrong things or, you know, gone down too many dark paths. He's always there to meet all of us. And we're all the same in that we're all messed up on the inside. Yeah, I think the, the big question is, what do you do once you realize that this isn't what you want to keep doing? I have a good friend of mine, one of my best friends. They have this saying in AA. He went through AA for a while, and we talk about it all the time. They say progress, not perfection. Now, so there's a few things to that, right? No one's perfect. You can't expect to be perfect. You just want to make progress day by day by day, right? I may be struggling with this now, but today I'm just going to confront it and not deal with it and not do this bad thing I shouldn't be doing today. But it's progress, not standing still, right? It's what do you do with your life once you discover, hey, I want to live differently. And it's kind of like a two steps forward, one step back. Mm-hmm. Life, I think it is not like this perfect upward trajectory towards perfection. It is a, I've made some progress and, oh, I slipped up again and, yeah. yeah, and for me, spirituality, like, it always has to begin in your inner world, your inner self. So the impact that, that God has on your life starts on the inside, and then it flows out into your behavior as you grow more and learn more and experience him more. And that looks different for everybody because... Everybody has a, a different view of God, and I think it takes sometimes it takes life, you know, to s- cause you to start to ask some of those questions um, that you're asking now. Like, is there something bigger than me? Uh, you know, was I made for a purpose? Um, who really is in control? You know, all of the big questions, and it's just interesting to hear when those questions start to impact different people because it's. There's not one story. Everybody has their own story. As we wrap up, there is a question that I want to ask. If there's one thing on this journey of this podcast, and we have no idea where this podcast is going to go. We we have an idea, and we have some thoughts written down. But in this journey for me, and in this journey for someone else who's listening, is there one thing that you would like to say right now for hope or for what you want me or somebody else to know and to understand? That younger version of myself was someone who thought faith was about being right. So following Jesus, being a Christian, oh, that's the right way to live. And then there's a wrong way to live, but that's what faith was for me. It wasn't until... I wrestled with my own sins and my own struggles that I realized, oh, faith isn't about being right. Christianity isn't about right versus wrong. It's about grace and love from God. The one thing that I want listeners to know and you to know, Jill, is that we were created as physical, emotional, spiritual beings. And so often we live only in the physical and the emotional and we don't think about the spiritual. And that creates a void. Creates a void that we try to fill with all kinds of things. Everybody's different. And God is always, he 
here. He has always been with you, even if you don't know him or believe in him. And by the way, if you don't believe in God, keep listening. Like we, this is for people who are in all phases of their faith, because these are good questions for anybody to be asking. But I, I want you to know that what, who God is, um, we will never fully understand on this side of heaven. We, we keep trying to, we will never fully understand it. But what he said to us through Jesus as being the most important things to know about him is that he loves us and we are to love him back and that we are to love our neighbors as ourselves, love the other people in this world. And over and over and over again, the person of Jesus of Nazareth, who is who was God and man, so he is the only human form of divinity that we can look to, right? He practiced that. If you look at who he walked with, who he invited to be with him on this journey, it was not the picture-perfect people of the world. It was not the people in the churches. It was, it was not. It was everybody was on the fringes. They were rebels and rabbles and, you know, like what we would consider the least of who we think would be a godly person. And yet, the only human example we have of God on this earth, that's who he chose. And I think that that has such an an important foundation when you start talking about faith, is that it is for everyone. Everyone no exceptions, and it is a journey. And so I'm excited to watch your journey unfold in this podcast, and then I'm excited to see what God's going to do for all of the listeners. Well, thank you both for being a part of my journey and then helping others. I'm excited to see who you interview and what we're going to learn and what we're going to talk about. So going to be fun. It's definitely going to be a journey. It is. I can't wait. It's going to be an adventure. It most certainly will be an adventure. That's for sure. And you can follow the adventure online, normalgoesalongway.com. Also on our social media, Instagram and Facebook at normalgoesalongway. So this episode was completely dedicated to why Laura and Ryan are playing an important role in my faith journey. And what they're going to do moving forward as far as the different guests that we have on and how they maybe have helped to you in your faith journey. But our next episode, that's going to be my story. You're going to hear where I am in my faith right now, how I got to where I am, the questions that I have, the doubts, the concerns, the fear. We'll start to unravel it all in our next episode. And Here's a little sneak peek of what you're going to hear. Does that kind of like give you a pit in your stomach a little bit? So it's kind of like if you accept Jesus into your life, then it's okay for you to go anytime. Yes. What are the tears for? Because I think about, I don't want to leave my girls. And people talk about how it's so glorious in heaven and I'm sure it is, but they're going to be sad. Well, I hope they're sad. (laughs) It's a hard truth to understand that all we know here on earth is like just the first chapter 
of our eternal life because what you're experiencing now is what you know, right? 